Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 71 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Alex. Special episode today. I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently. I don't even know why. Um, You want to know why? Because this could be the last time that we feel in a game with the Giants that they have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, Yeah, that's that's very sad. But um, we have Bobby Skinner on the show today. He is going to come on in a few minutes once we're done wrapping up here. Um, and you'll hear him, and you know we'll preview the game, talk a little bit, and uh, second time on the podcast, so that'll be a fun one. But for right now, let's start off with a few things just to kind of wrap up the New York Giants-Browns game um, that the Giants were completely demolished in. The fourth down conversions, we mentioned this already last episode. It took way too long last episode to break down, but uh, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, I've come to the conclusion now, and I came to it already last episode too, that don't have a punter throw it to his center. There you go. I know it's crazy. I mean, I just blew a lot of minds. But uh, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, keep your offense out there. And if you're going to go for it on fourth down and you've been doing good runs in run formations, don't go into shotgun and then have the have your player run it in a pass formation. Why? Also, while the defensive line is stacked, with linebackers on the sides and in the middle and everywhere, and you get stopped. All right? And James Bradbury is a really huge part of the Giants. That's it. Wrapped it up. Done. Okay, Joe Judge's daily press conferences. He had a lot of praise for Daniel Jones today. We got a a few quotes, two quotes. Um, First one was watching Daniel work, watching the respect he has in the locker room, and watching them improve this throughout the season. Um, I think he's demonstrated a level of toughness and leadership and knowledge on the field that gives us confidence to put them out there and build with Daniel. Um, Judge said during his daily video conference call with reporters today, he also praised Daniel by saying, this guy's definitely earned my respect, Judge told reporters. I kind of made it hard on him in a lot of ways, and he didn't blink. He has demonstrated toughness, leadership, and knowledge. Daniel Jones is our quarterback. There's the wise words from Joe Judge. If you thought 
that in our 2021 NFL draft, the New York Giants were going to draft a quarterback. Does not seem like it right now, but it does seem like we will get a top 10 draft pick at our five and nine record right now, no matter what happens. Um, we're going to go through. So here, here's what, what's going on right now in the intro. We're going to preview this game as we always do to every Giants game, which is coming up to the end soon. Hope We hope not, but it seems like only two more left. We'll get into the NFC East final standing slash playoffs. What's got to happen for the Giants to make it. Got some injury updates and the famous three points. So now let's go on. I think we'll go to the NFC East stuff. Um, if you didn't know, I have a co-host on this podcast. And he's making a face at me right now because I don't think he's talked right now uh, or so far in this podcast. We're four minutes in. Alex, how's it going? I'm doing great. And I yes, I agree with you. I've been completely steamrolled throughout this intro. Um, I haven't spoken yet. And you know what, Josh? I'm doing great. And I am excited for this weekend. Not really. I'm really scared and nervous. But I'm thinking that uh, maybe we have a chance. Maybe. Probably not. But it's still, it's, it's hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm a hopeful Giants fan. Maybe we get a surprising result there. Um, and I'm hoping that we do better than expected. And, you know, those words from Joe Judge on Daniel Jones, nothing surprising to me. I think he'll be our quarterback going into next season. And I think next season is his last season to prove that he's got what it takes to be the New York Giants franchise quarterback. Completely agree. And I think that you said that, um, you took your, um, your first initial thought of we don't have a chance to we might have a chance because we received some criticism um, on Twitter that Alex said the Giants have a 0% chance of winning against the Browns, which is not what he said. Um, he was very doubtful on it, but I wonder if that was why you changed your little thing around there. <laughs> I don't think it really got into your skin, though, that much. But, um, yeah, just a little thing that we saw, you know, interesting. But, um Good to know. Thank you. Appreciate it. New York Giants are 5-9. and nine. Let's go to the NFC East now. Right now, in the NFC East, we talked about this in the last episode, but the Washington football team, team with no name, is in first place at the 6-8 and eight record. Cowboys are 5-9, and nine, and they are ahead of, a giant, of the Giants because they're 1-0 right now in the tiebreaker, and the Giants are 5-9, third place, Eagles 4-9-1. So here's the deal for the New York Giants. Here are the scenarios. Their remaining schedules at the Ravens and at the Cowboys, or versus the Cowboys at home. Ravens are not favored, obviously, and Cowboys, they are favored right now. Um, so this is how it's got to work. We win, we win out to finish 79, which eliminates the, Cowboy, the Eagles and Cowboys. The Eagles' best finish can be 6-9-1, and one, and Washington loses one of its two final games to finish 7-9, and nine, and the Giants obviously hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over Washington by sweeping them this year. That is very unlikely that we beat the Ravens. And they're looking for a win too to try and get into the playoffs as well. They're in the hunt for the playoffs right now. I don't even think they're in the playoffs. So they need to win this game as well. And they're going to try their absolute best against the New York Giants. And they have no one on the COVID IR. I saw that the other day because they had a lot of players in the COVID IR a few weeks ago. They have no one. Um, So that's going to be very tough. Second opportunity is lose to the Ravens and we beat the Cowboys, which is the most realistic thing. And the Washington football team loses their final two games. And once again, the head-to-head tiebreaker comes into effect. So Washington loses against the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles in the final week of the NFL season. And then the final thing, and this is pretty 
you know, long, so I'll just go right through it. Win one of the final two games with New York, beating Dallas in Week 17. That's, again, the Giants win out of the two, which is the most likely. Dallas beats Philadelphia this week, and Washington loses the final two games. This will create a three-way tie at 6-10 and 10 between Dallas, New York, and Washington. The Giants win the division based on a head-to-head tiebreaker, going 3-1 against Washington and Dallas, and Washington would be 2-2 two two against the Giants and Dallas, and the Cowboys would be 1-3 against the Giants and Washington. Very long final answer, but that actually might be what it comes down to. So we'll see what happens. The most realistic thing here is Washington drops their last two. Giants win one of the two against the Ravens. Yeah, I don't think you're looking at this Ravens game as the chance. You're As a Giants fan, you're going to be paying more attention to that Washington-Carolina uh, game, I think, than even the Giants game because I think that's how much more important. That's going to be a close game for sure. Um, so that's going to be important. We need Washington to lose. I believe if they win this weekend, um, they pretty much clinch if the Giants lose. Um, so that is kind of game over then at that point, and then we're just hoping for a better draft pick. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Cowboys, I can see us winning. Baltimore, they're on a hot streak recently. They're right on the edge of those wild card places. They can't finish outside of that playoff, uh, those three wild card places. They're in a competitive division and competitive conference in the AFC. They need to get into the playoffs. They're going to be throwing tooth and nail at us, and I don't see any way that we can probably beat them. Lamar Jackson's going to be really tough to handle, and it's it's going to be a big problem for this Giants defense, and especially, you know, even on offense, they're very solid defensively as well, and on special teams. So um, they're, they're a three-way stronghold in terms of a team. They're strong in every single aspect of the game. It's going to be a huge uh, game, but it's going to be a tough game for sure. Yeah, Washington does clinch a division with a win and a Giants loss. That is very likely, and that is the most likely thing. And that is what I think will happen. I have Carolina as my picks. If you want to preview that, that's that'll come in the outro. But that's just because I'm hoping they'll win. But the most realistic thing is I think Washington's favored against Carolina. Carolina doesn't really have much to play for. And if you want to go to that game, it's probably going to be a Washington win and a Giants loss, right? I'm trying to go at it as optimistic as possible, but out as, Giant, as a Giants fan, that can't really happen. Um, so let's move on to Giants injuries. We have Kyler Fackrell. He's going to return from IR, which is when we need him most, really. Um, really good time for him to come back. Daniel Jones is still questionable, but we're recording this on Wednesday, and he's practicing. Um, Jordan Ronan reported that Daniel Jones, even though struggling with the hamstring ankle injuries, uh, participated Today, in Wednesday's practice, both Jordan Ronan and Pat Leonard, who are two former guests on the Giant Take podcast, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, they speculated that Jones looked much better this week than last and appeared to be taking his physical, his typical pre-injury practice reps. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a very good thing. He was also involved in some sprints today, some sprint warm-ups. So that hopefully means that if he plays on Sunday, which it looks like he might, because today if he's practicing, that's a really good sign um, that maybe he'll be able to play and, and scramble too. Cause that was a really tough thing that we were, that we saw, um, you know, not we, that we saw previously um, when he wasn't able to scramble. Wow. Um, <laughs> against the Arizona Cardinals, he, he, you know, he really did, very badly under pressure. I will stop now. Go ahead, Alex, with the other injury updates. 
All right, so moving to Darnay Holmes, obviously, you know, the defense kind of struggled um, with that kind of secondary that was really struggling, especially without James Bradbury and Darnay Holmes. And he is limited in practice today, Wednesday, when we are recording this. So not a great sign. We'll see what happens. Some are saying he might not be able to come back till week 17. So we're going to have to see with him. And Devonta Freeman might be coming back. Maybe he's on his way. We don't really know. So that's some news, but I think Wayne Gallman and um, Alfred Morris have been pretty solid running the football, so I don't think he is a huge concern. Um, and I guess now we'll move to the famous three points. Josh, what do you have for us? All right, so three points for this game. Let's start off with number one. we got to start stop Lamar Jackson when rushing. He is the top of the NFL in quarterbacks rushing the ball this season, which is not a surprise at all. Obviously, MVP last year definitely took a ground downgrade this year sorry but uh you know we got to stop him rushing because the thing is if we force him to throw the ball he has not been good throwing the ball this season you can tell that he is not a throwing quarterback he is definitely not you know done as well throwing the ball as last season if we're able to apply pressure and put a QB spire whatever we can do to stop him from getting out of the pocket and rushing then we could definitely get some interceptions and we uh, obviously Alex mentioned with Darnay Holmes um you know Hopefully coming back, he was limited today. Who knows what can happen? And then James Bradbury, who would be able to come back, I believe, this week, is a very big thing for the Giants. Um, and they don't really have that number one receiver. Marquise Brown has been like up and down this season, and he's like been okay. He's been good of late, of course, coming into this game, um, which is like lucky for the Giants. But normally he's just been okay. But, you know, they have the receivers that can catch the ball. I know Miles Boykin as well um, on that team. And they have the tight ends, especially Mark Andrews. Uh, and moving on to my second point is going to be established around game. It didn't really happen against the Browns. It wasn't that bad. But like Alex mentioned, no idea what the, what the deal is with Devonta Freeman. He's struggling with multiple injuries, had COVID, all that stuff. He really came in and then just disappeared within weeks. It was crazy. Uh, now we've heard really nothing. But apparently they planned for him to return. That was a few days ago. So I don't really know what the deal is with him. Um, and then my third and final point is going to be how do we generate – somehow we have to generate points, and it's going to be very tough because the Ravens rank fourth in allowing the fewest points in the NFL, and that's going to be the worst problem out of all of the problems because the thing is we need points. We haven't been getting points. Joe Judge said that specifically that we're not able to get points, and he, he said something like a really obvious statement. He said – I've done a lot of studying on this, Judge said on Monday. 100% of NFL teams that score, um, 100% of NFL games, the team that scores more points wins. Thank you, Joe Judge. So we're going to try to do that as much as we can. So the problem is the Giants are not scoring very much, and they have failed to reach 20 points in four straight games. They're ranked 31 in points with 17.4 points per game. And I think only that ranked few are the New York Jets. So that's wonderful. Um they got a win, though, so they're looking better than we are right now. <laughs> so those are the infamous, famous, whatever, three points. Stop Lamar Jackson when rushing. He's the top quarterback in rushing this season. Um, established a run game, which kind of happened, didn't really happen against the Browns, and somehow have to generate some points, which will be tough since the Ravens are ranked fourth in allowing the fewest points per game. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially I want to go back to the first point you made, actually, with Lamar Jackson. I think with him, you're not even trying to get to him. You're trying to contain him from running. And I think you have to trust your secondary. The secondary is going to have to hold up a little bit longer than usual. 
And I think with James Bradbury back, hopefully that'll be easier. And you're just hoping for turnovers more than sacks or big, uh, you know, uh, yard losses um, when it comes to the passing game or sacking. And, you know, really just stuff the run. Um, But you have to be careful. Of course, they have that great um, play-action game because of how much they run the football and how effective they are with it. Um, And obviously, you know, the option plays with Lamar Jackson. So it's going to be tough. Um, But, yeah, that, that was the main point that concerned me. And the Ravens, like I mentioned earlier, do have a really good defense, so that's definitely going to be a struggle as well. Um, But yeah, I guess that is a wrap for the intro, and now we'll go to our interview with Bobby Skinner. All right, we are back now with a very special guest, the co-host on Talking Giants, Bobby Skinner. Last time we had him on was on June the 3rd, episode number 11 of the Giant Take podcast. It's Bobby Skinner. Bobby, how's it going today? What's going on, fellas? It's been a, it's been a while. Glad to jump back on with you. It sucks it's coming after a couple of losses, but it, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where our opinions were probably on that June episode compared to now. Yeah, one thing I want to start out with um, is I would have no idea how to judge this Giants offensive line if it wasn't for the offensive line reports that you do every week. I would have no idea what I'm saying on the podcast. So I would first of all like to thank you for that because I would be sounding stupid on the podcast if I didn't have them. Dude, I I love it, man. And it was literally inspired by the Steelers game. When everyone's like, man, the O-line, it, they just couldn't run. And I was – now, don't get me wrong. They didn't play well that game. But I was, I just wanted to be like, hey, here's some of the reasons why, you know, they couldn't run the ball. It wasn't simply just the O-line. It was, you know, sometimes they just had more guys than they had blocking. So people have loved that, which I found surprising. I didn't think people would like offensive line play that so much. And that probably has been, like, our biggest piece of content this year. So I'm, I'm glad people are liking it. Yeah, for me, it's kind of like a, a tough subject to like talk over. I feel like most football fans don't really focus on the offensive line or at least focus on like the specifics of the offensive line. I think that's why and people, I guess, like Josh and like me are anxious to figure out what's up with it and what, you know, what's going on and why, you know, the Giants can't run the football or Daniel Jones constantly getting sacked. So I think that's really part of it. And yeah, I, I think it was I really enjoy them, too. I watch them all the time. And do you have like any background to it? Like, how did you, did you just start learning it on your own or was it like a, you had previous experience with it? Yeah, just pretty as simple as, you know, played in high school and then went spent a couple of years in college playing offensive line um, and using the things I learned from that. And on top of that, like, you know, I watch, I watch other like coaches videos on like on O-line technique and different things they use. And, and, um, and my biggest goal with it is to just make it, digestible like I, I watch some people who do videos and it's like man it's like I know what you're saying because I've you know I've played and stuff but someone who doesn't has no idea what you're saying you're using all these terms even like simple terms but it's like people don't know what you're saying so I try to make it like simple you know where um I think a lot of people try and make it they try to make themselves sound smart more than they like to make it something that's easy for people to understand 
Yeah, and I and I think that um, it's also because you know the 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 broadcasts they want to they want to go to the action, right? So they have Daniel Jones running on the pocket. They're going to follow with the camera. Daniel Jones running on the pocket. They don't want to see Andrew Thomas blocking, right? They're not showing that. Yeah. So I think it's perfect that you got the views and you're able to rewind and go back and and play it over. So it's perfect that we're able to see you know how how it's moving, how it's going, and what everyone's role is on the team. And a, a question I want to go off of that is um you know since you're saying you played offensive line you're a tall guy do you think is there any offense a def- defensive player right on the line maybe Dexter Lawrence do you think you could hold him on the offensive line if you're playing left guard or right guard whatever you played in college absolutely not man um <laughs> you know I, w- I would try but man those guys would those guys would eat my lunch man I was you know a division three football player who who didn't even finish so those dudes, those dudes would eat me alive, but I would, I would love the the competition. In fact, I want to see what the offensive line can do against me playing D line. Like, see if maybe if I can, like, you know, if I got Nick Gates, if I could, I could I handle Nick Gates around the edge or something. <laughs> but the actual D lineman, no, not 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 a chance in hell. All right, so with, could you do you see you're, you're you can't compete with anyone on that uh, either defensive line or offensive line? I'm trying to think of someone who you might be able to handle. But, you know, everyone up there is pretty big and, yeah, <laughs> pretty big. Um, well, they're just, like, way stronger and faster yeah. than me. I might be, I might be like, a little smarter than some, but that's that's not getting me by. Yeah, you know, if it was a one-on-one podcaster's battle, I think you could win. Yes, yeah. Oh, I would kill them in podcasting. I know, I, I'll, I'll be cocky in that. So you guys were talking about on the episode, your most recent episode of Talking Giants. Make sure to go check it out. Um how about the fourth down debate? I know you and Justin had a whole big back and forth about, um, you know, should they have gone for it on fourth down? Were the plays correct? And I, I kind of heard your view on it when I was listening, but for people who didn't listen, what is your kind of views on the fourth down decisions by Joe Judge during the uh, Browns game? The first one where they did the – I hated the I, I hated that fake field goal. I didn't like that at all. Um but if they're going to, like, I was like, if they're going to go for it, just go for it. But I would have liked to, I would, if I were in that situation, I would have kicked a field goal. The second one, the fourth and one where they ran it, they absolutely had to go for it there. And then I, I would have went for it in the early in the third quarter. Um, but that's also like a lot easier said than done in action, you know? Um, so I, I agreed with, I guess, I, I guess I agreed with Joe Judge on one of the three, but I wouldn't, you know, um, I wasn't like, I wasn't like animated, like, you know, like, oh, you have to kick the field goal every time or, or you have to go for it every, like, I feel like there was a battle between people and it was like, you have to go for it or you have, or, you, or you have to take the points. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not like a, to me, it wasn't like a right or wrong answer, you know? The reason I'm smirking for, for everyone who's listening, I'm smirking. On, I was smirking on the zoom while Bobby was responding. And I'm surprised Alex didn't bring this up on our podcast. Alex was fine going for it on fourth down on both of the on both of the, the drives. I thought we should have taken the points on both of them. And I think it was a stupid call to have Riley Dixon, a punter, uh, you know, throw it to his center and Nick Gates. And the second one That was the worst decision of them all was just the idea of that trick play. Like, you know, if you're gonna go for it, just go for it. Or have a trick play where you know you're gonna get it, where it's like you see before the snap you're gonna get it, where with what they did. It was like hopefully they just don't cover Nick Gates and and they def and they like triple teamed him. I guess it worked in practice, and that's the only excuse I can give to Riley Dixon, really, because he was not open and that was an awful throw. So, but what 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 should I expect from a punter? And then the second the second one, 
why if you're gonna run it that's fine right put some put some tight ends on the why are we running in shotgun that's another thing like, yeah. i don't understand that and so if you're gonna go if you're gonna go for it in shotgun throw the throw the ball have colt mccoy throw the ball see what happens or if you want to run it get some tight ends crowded together on the offensive line either right or left side wherever you know judge wants to go with that and then do it so that that and then that's why i i wanted to take the points especially because we didn't get on the first one just take the points on the second one so that that was my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 the second one, I felt like that was the one where I felt like you had to because you know you were, you were down at that time, and you only needed one yard, you know, and like you said, like get in under shotgun, put a fullback in, and get that yard where they were just outmatched. Play like I, I, you know, if you watch, like you said, you guys watched the O line video. I broke that down. They blocked it well. They just had more guys than we had blockers. Yeah, and I totally agree about the first one right Riley Dixon shouldn't be throwing the football yes he was whatever quarterback in high school college whatever he was um and Nick Gates cannot be catching the football um but yeah I agreed to go for it on that first time because I'm thinking without Bradbury without Darnay Holmes that secondary is truly weakened and you could see it throughout the game you know how we only held them to how we held them to 20 points was actually kind of impressive um somewhat at least and I felt like you had to get the points, the most points you could possibly get, whether that meant for going on a two-point conversion. If you got a touchdown, we didn't get one, so that wasn't really an issue. But I felt like you had to go for it at every chance. And I guess Joe Judge had similar thinking to me. Only thing is, I think you you leave the offense out there. You don't, you know, we had that play earlier in the season. What was it against Dallas, I want to say, with Evan Ingram wide open from that field goal yeah. um, fake. And Riley Dixon actually threw the ball properly there. Um but see, but my point that with that open, is, yeah. don't like when they snapped that ball, they knew it was going to work because they literally had Ingram wide open. Where this one, it was they were just guessing that the Browns weren't going to cover Gates because he snapped the ball, and so it was it was it was just like a big hope, you know, it was like a hope it works kind of things. Where the Ingram one, it's like as long as we just throw the ball halfway decently, this one works, even though it technically didn't work because they freaking had a false start or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean. The thing is, right, is that that's obviously a Joe Judge type of call, right? You have Freddie Kitchens calling the plays in this one, even though they have uh, Jason Garrett's system, because every Giants fan is like, oh, yeah, we're going to see those explosive deep plays that we haven't seen from Garrett because Freddie Kitchens is calling the game. You know, Jason Garrett was still on the Zoom calls with the players, though, so it was still his playbook. It was still his philosophy going into the game. Yeah. But Joe Judge is making those calls on fourth down. So I don't know what was running through his head on that. Yeah, Um I don't know. That was that. I just like you said. It's like it's, I've tried to figure out what the thinking was that. And I just can't. I, I don't. I don't know. So, do you have anything else like you took out of that game? I think Colt McCoy obviously being in there offensively really hindered the performance. And we heard Joe Judge today. He had the, his press conference that he has with reporters every day, and he, you know, kind of came out there and firmly stuck his nose out for Daniel Jones. Um, you know, people have been questioning: Is he, you know? the franchise guy is he going to stick around after the season do we know you know is he going to be the starter going forward and the future of the Giants at the quarterback position he kind of firmly stood uh like stood a foot out there and I thought that was really interesting I think I didn't think anything of it because I didn't think they were going to go past him uh you know draft a quarterback I saw some people talking about that no they're not um but I was interested to see what you think. Is he the future of the New York Giants, or do we just have to wait and see 
or do we need to draft a new quarterback like some people are saying? Um, one, I don't think they'll draft a quarterback. One, I, I don't think we'll be in position to draft one unless, you know, unless they, you know, fall in love with Kyle Trask or something. Um, so, no, I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's got, a, you know, and, and it goes off of his time at Duke, obviously, and then his rookie season. Like, what his, didn't his rookie season was awesome, and they've totally went away from that. So, this year, I you know, like nothing this year has made me go like, oh, Daniel Jones is the guy. There's been some good moments, but like as a whole, you don't look at this season and say, oh, yeah, he, he definitely made himself the guy this year. Whereas rookie year, he did. Like his rookie year, he did show you that. So, you know, you guys know I've been pretty anti-Garrett. I'm, I'm not someone who yells for coaches' heads a lot. You know, like I, I people got mad at me because I didn't – because I kind of like Pat Shermer last year. Uh, you know, I didn't think he was perfect, but I was like, hey, you know, he got a rookie touch, like a rookie QB, and he looks pretty good with him, and, and that's the guy he wanted. Um, so it's year three will be the big year of judgment for Jones, you know. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, and I think it comes down to this this final year of next year. But one question I have, and this is completely off topic, and we will go to who you know who knows what next. Maybe still the Browns, probably towards the Ravens. What's going on with Dante Pettis? Right, we signed him um, from the 49ers. I haven't seen. There's two players that I've seen. I mentioned it in the uh, in the intro. We, we we talked about the injuries. A few days ago, we heard Devonta Freeman, who was a signing that played for a few weeks. He's disappeared. He got COVID and he had injuries and like a few injuries at a time. And now we have Dante Pettis, who keeps on getting ruled out every game. And I have no idea why, because I think he's a receiver that can play. I, 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 so do you have any idea what's going on with those two players? Pettis, I got no clue. Pettis, I, I have, I have no clue. Um, I guess he did get COVID, so you know that could be a reason why. Um, but I, I don't, I just don't know. And then Devontae Freeman, I think the reason we're not seeing him is when he went out. Alfred Morris and Wayne Gallman have been a good one-two punch, and I'm pretty sure Devontae Freeman's contract is incentive-based, so not playing him saves them cap space um, for next season. Um, so I, the Freeman one, I'm totally for. Like I don't want to see Devontae Freeman anymore. Because I want to save that cap money for next year, and, and Alfred, Mo- you know, Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris have been a pretty solid one-two punch. Like Gallman's been taking the load of carries; he's been good. And then Morris comes in for you know two to three series a game, and he's even averaging more yards per carry than Gallman. So I think it's been a pretty good one-two punch. What I found kind of so crazy about this run game is, especially with Colt McCoy on the field, is that they know we're going to be running the ball most downs, right? They know that we're going to be you know, pounding it. We're not going to put the ball in Colt McCoy's hands and think, hey, make something of this. And the fact that we've been so successful, I think that really is a testament to the offensive line and to Wayne Gallman and to Alfred Morris. And, you know, we always made fun of Alfred Morris when he first got here and we started, you know, it's just funny, you know, this old guy comes in from old veteran washed, we all think, and well, he might still be, but um, he's still running pretty well. And Wayne Gallman, you know, we all counted him out in the offseason with, uh, you know, we were thinking he might even get cut from the uh, 53-man roster. So it, it's been a crazy rise for him, and it's good for him, and I think he's going to be a nice number two when Saquon comes back next season. But I kind of want to shift to the Ravens game now. Um, they obviously have Lamar Jackson, who will not be easy to deal with on defensively. We may not have Darnay Holmes. It looks most likely that we will not. Bradbury should be back. So that will be something that will be good. But defensively, I was kind of talking about this earlier with Josh. I think we 
it's not as much getting to him. It's more containing him and hoping our secondary can make a play because we've seen throwing the ball that he's not always the most reliable. Yeah, I said it going into the Seattle game. I was like, man, I'm kind of excited to play Russell Wilson because like, he's playing a QB where this QB is going to want to sit in the pocket and take chances where you know the games before that, it was a lot of like QBs who weren't that good and just getting the ball that quick. Um, so I'm excited to see what Patrick Graham could do with James. You know, not having Holmes hurts, but you know, McKinney is a lot closer to Holmes than Julian Love is to James Bradbury. So having Bradbury back will be huge. So I think you can uh you can do stuff to confuse Lamar. Like obviously his legs are scary, but we've seen Lamar have some bad games this year, and I don't see why the Giants couldn't be one of those games. Yeah, and in the three points I mentioned that Lamar Jackson leads the league in quarterbacks rushing, and that's you know, that that's like obvious. I feel like we had Kyler Murray coming into and everyone's like, he's the next Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's still there. But one thing I do want to point out is that he's not MVP Lamar Jackson anymore. And that when throwing the ball, he's not been too good this season. If we're able to apply pressure, keep him in the pocket, not let him escape. He could definitely force some turnovers. Or yeah, we for could. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to stop him from rushing totally, but if you can stop him from having those long 20, 30 yard runs, then you feel good about it. And he's less accurate than Kyler too, which is where we got in trouble with Kyler. Is like, yeah, Kyler, we only we only let Kyler get those five six yards runs, but Kyler's way more accurate throwing the ball downfield. Yeah, and I, you know, we were watching the Ravens game or uh, against the Browns. Obviously, one of the better games this season. Obviously, there was all sorts of things about him. You know, whatever he was doing in the locker room. Some people to say he was um, in the bathroom there. Officially, he was, you know, with cramps or whatever. Um, you know, I'm kind of in the believer of the first thing, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he comes back in and makes that big play. Obviously they did really well this past weekend and they need to make the playoffs, right? They're right on the cusp, I believe, right? They're right on the outside. The looking. Hunt, yeah. Um, right. it's going to be, you know, they're going to be fighting with tooth and nail for that win and they need it almost more than the giants do. Cause they expect are expected to make the playoffs, right? The giants aren't really, um, you know, obviously we don't know what ownership thinks, but, um, you know, the widespread opinion of the Ravens, they should be doing better than they are right now. And we've kind of seen them get back on track recently. Do the Giants have enough, like, fight in them to be able to win this game, especially if Daniel Jones isn't playing? It looks like he is going to be playing, but, you know, he looked kind of rusty last time he came back after a short break. So he could look, look uh, rusty again. Yeah, I think he's got a shot, um, or we've got a shot. Uh, it. The defense. I mean, I think we can do. You know, I don't think we're going to shut them down offensively, but you know, you can you can get some points, and then if you continue to r- run the rock and pound the rock and 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 get some big plays out of that, and you know, do just enough in the passing game, I don't see why not. Like the Ravens aren't unbeatable, um, and you know, having James Bradbury back will be huge. You know, so um, I don't see why not. I don't. You know, we shouldn't be favored at all. Um, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I'd pick the Ravens, but. Uh, I don't think it's a matter. I don't think like the Giants have like rolled over yet. You know what I mean? Whereas like this time last year, the Giants are pretty much rolled over. I'm just nervous. Like, cause they, I also mentioned in the intro, they don't really have that number one receiver. It's Marquise Brown, but he's been up and down the season. Of course, going into this game though, he's been up, which is in the Giants luck. Of course, like the past few games, he's gotten a good amount of yards. He's a speedy wide receiver. And we haven't really faced that this season. James Bradbury has gone against some tough receivers, right? But DeAndre Hopkins, who I would say would, would have been the best of the bunch, is more of like that powerful receiver. And we, and we saw that, you know, with yeah. route running and stuff like that. Marquise Brown is just a speedster. So mm-hmm. can James Bradbury, 
keep up with him and you're going to probably see that Patrick Graham zone and in, in order to make sure Marquise Marquise Brown isn't going for those, you know, long touchdowns on streaks. Yeah. In fact, I think you might not see Bradbury on Brown a lot because you can, you can put Bradbury on their good route runners in the intermediate game where on the other side, you can just like make sure this guy doesn't get over the top of you with Hollywood Brown. Um, so yeah, I, I actually don't think Bradbury's going to be lined up with him a ton. I think it's going to be more of, we're going to use scheme to stop Hollywood Brown and we'll use, we'll use Bradbury elsewhere. And Mark Andrews, obviously he's going to be a big issue for the giants. We saw with, um, forgetting who the Browns tight end, Austin Hooper, sorry. Um, how and Njoku, they, they all of them, yeah. Um, Hunter Bryant, too, or what Harrison Bryant, Harrison Bryant. Sorry, um, I don't know why I know the Browns tight end, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I previewed the Browns game just so well. I like hair, I like Harrison Bryant, by the way. I know that's not what you guys want to talk about, but I loved him at FAU, and and I, you know, FAU is close to home, so I, I really I always liked him. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I actually liked him coming out of the draft, too. Not that we're gonna pick a tight end there. Um, but he definitely hurt us too. So Mark Andrews, they also have what Nick Boyle, I believe also in that second tight end slot, yeah. they don't have Hayden Hurst anymore. So at least that's good. But how do we deal with them? Cause obviously we're going to need, if Darnay Holmes is not there, um, you know, who's going to cover Mark Andrews. Like I, that's something I'm nervous about. Not a matchup. I like. Yeah. I think it's going to be, Blake Martinez has been pretty good covering tight ends. They just can't play Devontae Downs anymore. Like, every time Devontae Downs is in, it seems like he screws something up. Don't let him play any snaps anymore. Not, not don't let him play, you know, don't give him seven to eight snaps because it seems like every time he plays, he screws up and he's the guy who leaves somebody open or he's the one who misses a tackle. Don't let Devontae Downs play at all, and I think we have a chance against their tight ends. That, if not, that- then they're going to attack him. That's so funny you mentioned that because in our recap of the Browns game, we we said uh, I was listening to like Talk of Giants. I think I said, and I go, Bobby and Justin, I heard are not a fan of Devonte Downs, and then he did the bad play where he wasn't covering Austin Hooper in the back of the end zone. But I think not to throw Alex under the bus here or anything, but I think Alex, Bro. you said, <laughs> I think Alex, you said, who else do do we have that can cover uh, Austin Hooper? And you've complained on this podcast a few times that we don't really have people who are able to cover the tight ends and that's why they get open meaning like uh more like uh we don't have linebackers that are able to stay in good coverage of the tight ends i think blake martinez is good coverage and tay crowder is pretty good like tay crowder will make a mistake here and there but he'll make up with it by making good plays and being aggressive so where Devonte downs isn't aggressive and he doesn't play smart so it's like he's he's just literally not good at anything where at least tay crowder's like you'll have some mistakes but he'll make some plays in there too Devonte downs doesn't do that at all like, at least David Mayo plays safe and plays smart, um, where Devontae Downs, just he, he's not good at anything. Like, he's he's my, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually a pretty positive person with players. Devontae Downs is my guy this year. Where it's like, I, I have nothing good to say about him. For me, it's like, who else are you going to put out there, though? Well, I mean, yes, Tay Crowder's an option. Tay but Crowder, then again, David you know, Mayo. I mean, yes, but you're still putting Mr. Irrelevant out there. Um, yeah, but he's been good. I'm he's not been saying all, he's, he's not been good. he's been a lot better than maybe not good, but he's been a lot better than Devontae Downs. I mean, yeah, but that's not really too hard, and you know. Well, they, yeah, then, <laughs> but I I agree with you. He's not going to be perfect, but if what well, I well, I don't understand why we put the worst player out there. Like I get that Tay Crowder's not he's not cr- crazy good, but like you said, he's better than Devontae Downs. So why why keep Devontae Downs out there? 
They they liked him in training camp, and that's why they brought him in. I think that's just they're like giving him as much play time as possible. But when I feel like it's not needed and it's not wanted by by fans, which they don't listen to, but it's not wanted. I don't know. I really, I really couldn't tell you if it was a like more of like a building year, like last year, where it is right the, going into this year, and even Judge been uh, you know has been saying it, and he's still been saying it, even when we were in first place, he was saying it right because I, I mean obviously he's not going to say it. Joe Judge doesn't say mouse in his press conferences, but he kept on saying they're like oh you're in first place how do you feel this is a building year I've said it since the beginning I'm going to keep saying it now whatever so I mean I guess that's why they're putting him out there but. I don't know, especially when you're trying to compete. It's it's bad. So I'll go to my my question to you is, you know, what coming down, we have Washington playing the Panthers, Giants playing the Ravens, Washington win, Giants loss, NFC East is over, and they get their playoff berth. You know, how do you see this NFC East shaping up now towards the end of the season? Man, I, I'm going to predict us the win because we're going to beat Dallas. Washington's going to lose both their games. And then Dallas – is going to beat the Eagles, but we'll beat Dallas in week 17 and we'll own the tiebreakers. We'll have the best division record and the Giants will be the NFC East champions. So, you also always say the Giants win 99 to zero, right? 77 to zero. I, I, I always predict a win. Now, like if you ask me what I think the team's record will be, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll be realistic. But going into every game, I have a vow of I will always predict my team to win. <laughs> So Winners win and losers lose, as you exactly. Said. All right, Bobby Skinner is the co-host of Talking Giants. Um, you can go follow him on Twitter at Bobby Skinner. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you, guys. All right, so that was our interview with Bobby Skinner. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, let's go right to the thegiantake.com, first of all, and then we'll get to our week uh, 15 recap of the picks and then 16 picks. Um, giantake.com, go check it out. So my blog post about the Knicks is just going to be – I know I'm taking Alex's spot. He can talk about it a little bit more. Um, blog post will be out either today on Thursday or sometime on Friday. Still trying to figure that out because we are recording before the Knicks game on Wednesday. So I have no idea when it's going to be, you know, written. But yeah, it'll be recapping the game against the Pacers no matter what. So if they get blown out, which is very, very much likely, then uh, I am screwed. And it's going to be a very painful article to write. But just wanted to give an update on that. Um, and then Alex, go into thegiantake.com now. Thegiantake.com, like Josh mentioned, we have blog posts, new one coming soon, like Josh mentioned. Um, and we have episodes as well. You can listen to all our episodes on the website if you can't access from Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might listen. Um, and we also have a newsletter which you can subscribe to, and it will send you updates for new blog posts and episodes. And finally, go to support the podcast, and that'll take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thegiantake, where there's a $2 tier um, where it really supports us. And we have a uh, fan request. We have private community and we get, uh, we provide shout outs on the podcast. All right. So now going to the picks week 15 was, I was 11 and four. Very proud of that. Alex went eight and seven. So there goes that Um, getting close, getting close to week 17. Are we going to the playoffs by the way? Yes. Okay. 
we're well you've got to answer Alex. yeah yes yes we should sorry yeah. i was having difficulty <laughs> unmuting myself there but yes i think we'll go all the way to the playoffs we'll give a regular season like we'll give a recap at the end of the regular season and update that way we know what's at stake during the playoffs fine well if it's very not if it's not close at all then that kind of sucks but yeah we'll do that we'll definitely do that um but we're coming down to the end of the regular season. So how about that? We're getting to the end of the regular season where we're going to reveal who won the regular season. But we will go through the playoffs even to the end with the Super Bowl. Um, week 16 picks. Alex will start it off and I will continue after that. We got some Christmas Day football. Yeah, so starting on Christmas, um, we have the Vikings and the Saints. We both have the Saints in this one. Um, and then going to Saturday football, another crazy one right there. Uh at the 1 p.m. slot on Saturday, we have the Bucks and the Lions, and we both have the Bucks. And going to 4.30, which will be on Amazon. That's what it says here. Well, Amazon Prime, I believe they're providing the things now, so that's always interesting. Um, and that will be the 49ers and the Cardinals, and we both have the Cardinals there. And at 8.15, Saturday Night Football, we have the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders, where we both have the Dolphins who are, you know, a big shocker this year. I'm taking a break to mention them because they've been doing amazing under uh, Brian Flores there in Miami. So, yeah, um, Josh, do you want to do Sunday night or Sunday and Monday? Now I guess I am. So we will start out with Sunday football. It's going to be the Colts against the Steelers. I'm going to have – we're both going to have the Colts. It's going to be the Chiefs against the Falcons. We both have the Chiefs. Bears against the Jaguars. We both have the Bears. Texans against the Bengals. We both had the Texans. Browns against the Jets. Jets got the win last week. We're not having them winning this one. It's going to be the Browns. Washington football team we split. And the Panthers. Alex's Washington football team. I have the Panthers. We're rooting for the Giants to make the playoffs. Come on. Chargers versus the Broncos. We both had the Chargers. Eagles versus the Cowboys split again. Alex has the Cowboys. I have the Eagles. And then, let's see, Rams versus the Seahawks. We both have the Seahawks. Packers versus Titans. These are good games coming down to the end, though. Um, uh, Packers versus Titans. Both have the Packers. Bills versus Patriots. Both have the Bills. Good for them winning the AFC East. I'm really proud of them. Good job, Bills. Um, Twitters. Go follow Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. Go follow me at Joshua29. Go follow at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. Also, while you're on Twitter, go follow Talking Blues Pod. We had a new episode out on Wednesday. They're back to their winning ways, Chelsea, and it feels like they were following the Giants' lead by losing when the Giants were losing. Chelsea won. Who knows what that means to the Giants? Who knows? I mean, they've been following the same streak, it looks like. When the Chelsea was winning, Giants were winning. They went downhill, Chelsea, and now Giants went downhill. Let's see. Maybe we're turning a corner, Giants. Victory, victory Monday. Are we going to have a victory Monday against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson? How good would that feel? Um, please go follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well at the giant take. Um, please share with one friend, share with friends and family, share on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at the giant take pod. If you're going to do it on Twitter, if you're going to do it on Instagram and Facebook, be sure to tag us at the giant take. So we know you did. So we really appreciate it. We also, Really appreciate it. If you could subscribe wherever you're listening and drop a five-star rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, really helps us out. Um, puts us on the Apple charts, and that really helps us out to expand our audience. So we would love that, and that would be wonderful. So thank you all. Some people, they don't say on the podcast like why and how it would help them. They just say it would really help. So I should actually start explaining that more. Uh, it gets you on the Apple charts, and it helps out. That's why, that's why it helps out, because it gets you on the Apple charts, which will expand. So 
for all of you listening saying, why, why should I do that? That's why you should do it. Cause it really helps us out. And that's why it really helps us out. So anyway, that's going to be it for me. A lot of repetition there in that last second, but, uh, I finished my thoughts. Go ahead, Alex. That has been a wrap for episode number 71 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh, and we'll see you again for another Giants recap. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.